1: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place.
2: Oh, it's my jam. It's my jam. Mixed Martial Arts. Mixed Martial Arts. Bellator 279. UFC Vegas 52. Preview show starts now!
3: (laughs) Also Bellator 278. We're missing
2: the big one, too. We're
4: missing the big one, too, because we have ourselves uh, quite the weekend in the world of combat sports and MMA in boxing. And we have a lot to talk about on another live preview show here on the MMA Fighting YouTube page. Thank you for joining us live or if you're watching after the fact in video mode or on the podcast network, that's where you're checking us out. We appreciate it very much. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday. I am Mike Heck. Man, do we have a freaking crew and a half here today. Joining me, we have Jose Youngs. Recent BTL winner, the people's winner on yesterday's program. We have Alexander Kaylee, the Prince of Positivity. There he is. Poll. Poll. There's probably a poll up there. We will get to the poll momentarily. And we have Mr. No Gray Area himself, Jed Mishu, joining us as well. Gentlemen, we have a lot happening over the next 48 hours or so. We're going to be focusing more on tomorrow's festivities, UFC Vegas 52, Bellator 279, Celtics basketball, some Tyson Fury, Dillian White chatter. AK loves the Celtics chatter. Before we get into this, AK, what is the poll? What is the poll? Let's get the uh, let's get the poll out of the way.
3: A very, a very obvious. What events are you most excited about this weekend? UFC Vegas 52. I kind of unfairly to the other promotions put Bellator 278 and 279 together, but I do feel like it is kind of a two event extravaganza, and of course uh, Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. So. That's, that is the poll wow. for now. A lot of what early returns. KSW, that's not even w- worth mentioning. Huh?
5: KSW69, man. Come
3: on. I mean, that's obviously number one, so why even put it in the poll?
5: Okay. That's fair.
3: Yeah. There you go. Jed, I want to kick this off with you because
4: by 11 floppity Jillian country miles, Tyson Fury, Dillian White is the biggest fight of the weekend. It's not even close. It's not a discussion. It's not a debate. But – Focusing on the duo of MMA events tomorrow, the UFC card versus the Bellator card, which event are you more interested in and why?
5: I mean, I guess it's Bellator 279. Uh, the UFC fight night just – it's better than last week. So there's that. It's got that going for it. But frankly, the fight I was probably the most interested in this whole weekend, uh, the Edge um, manel cop, that, that's no longer there. So I don't get to watch Manel Cop do hyper-violent stuff. And so now I'm kind of bummed and it, it puts a bad patina on the whole UFC card. So it's uh, – there's just not a lot that I'm like – I will always watch Jessica Andrade fight. She's the second best uh, flyweight in the world. She's coming back to strawweight where she's one of the top three strawweights in the world. So I'll always go watch her do the damn thing. But give me – Give me Chris Cyborg in a in a squash match. Give me Juan Archuleta, Halvian Stotz is a banger. Uh and Kyoji Huaguchi Pachi Mix is also probably a banger. Like, and you know, you can leave lay McFarlane. Sure, it's against Justine Kish, but like the card tomorrow for Bellator is a much better card, I think. Uh, certainly from a ma- from the top sections. Uh, you know, when you get down to the bottom. Gets a little thin on the ground at some of those prelims, but up at the top, I think it's no question better.
4: AK, what say you? Or if, if you're only watching one of these events and you can't find out anything that goes on with the other one for like two weeks, which one are you watching?
3: I actually really, really like the UFC main card. Uh, I think I think last – don't, I don't know if it was last week brought up or some other show. We kind of like – listen, we're in a bit of a slump here as far as like – stacked fight nights go, which isn't to say the fight nights have been bad, but certainly on paper, I can understand there's been a bit of malaise on the part of the media, on the part of the fans. The cards are a little, they're a little soft. They're a little soft. We just did a, a bit of a round table, uh, Jed and I, along with, of course, Stephen Morocco and Damian Martin. Uh, so people can find that MA kind of asking everyone, is it, essentially, is there a point where you feel like you would turn out, or uh, t- excuse me, tune out, or you feel like fans uh, will start tuning out in droves uh, with the, kind of the watering down of cards the watering down is nothing new ever since you could probably point to uh, fox ever since of course they had to go to free tv and start churning up more cards for major networks i mean it's been it's been an issue card cards have been watered down oversaturation has become part of mma i mean that that we we understand this um but it just seems like lately or like every weekend except for like maybe six or seven weekends out of the year we're getting week main cards week main events but but I like this main card. I think it's got competitive fights. I think it's got name value. Clay Guida, Claudio Pueyes for me, just passes the bare minimum to actually be called a co event. Uh, and as Jed mentioned, uh, Jessica Andrade, I think one of the best women's fighters of all time. Um, so I'm always excited to see her fight. And Lemos is a, is a legitimate contender, so that's exciting. And there's some other sneaky fights in there. Lana Venata, Charles Jardin is a good one. Um, but like the Bellator card, as you get down to the prelims, it's a little... It, 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 it could be stronger it could be stronger i'm telling i would advise we'll um, tune into the main card uh if you are a discerning ufc viewer but uh but i'll say overall i i don't think it's as quite as down as um as people think it is or perhaps my standards have just uh lowered
4: jose where are you at with this i know the chris cyborg arlene blanco main event you like because you like seeing the greats do great things no matter who they are doing great things again so Is that enough to put the Bellator card as a whole over the top of the UFC card as a whole? Like top to bottom, which card do you like better?
6: Uh top to bottom, it's probably better Bellator's two seventy nine, only because they have like the two Bantam White Grand Prix and then, let's not forget they were originally supposed to have Sergio Pettis, Rufian Stotts, like teammate versus former teammate title fight for in the first round of that Grand Prix. That fight was awesome until Sergio had to fall out. And then oh boo hoo, we get freaking Juan Archuleta in instead another great banger of a Bantam White. So uh the main card is obviously better, but I in terms of like like competitiveness. I think Andrade Lemos is going to be way more competitive than Chris Cyborg versus Arlene, uh, simply because we've seen what happens when Chris fights Arlene, and it's not good for Arlene or pretty much any other Bellator featherweight. And then, like adding guys like Kai Kamaki and Yancy Medeiros and, and all those guys on the on the prelims, I think that just make kind of tips it in the edge. But uh, so main card. Top to bottom, Bellator's better, but the main event of the UFC, I feel, is going to be more competitive. And I think it's more interesting because Lemos is coming off that, quote-unquote, win that a lot of people think wasn't a win over Angela Hill. So if she gets past Jessica Andrade, she's probably, like, one win away from a title shot. And then if Jessica Andrade wins, I mean, who doesn't want to see a third fight with Rose? So uh, title implications added to it. I think the main event is more interesting, but the whole card
4: is better for Bellator. All right, so we'll we'll talk about Bellator in a moment. I feel like there's more meat on that bone, so we'll probably spend a little more time on that Bellator card. But let's start with the UFC card, UFC Vegas 52. We'll start at the 115-pound headliner between the former champion Jessica Andrade takes on Amanda Lemos. Andraj always a tough out, just a, an ultra-violent fighter, super fun to watch. Lemos has won five straight since moving from bantamweight to strawweight, coming off a controversial win over Angela Hill in her most recent outing. But this is a big opportunity for Amanda Lemos, AK. And while we have two women with high rankings, with numbers next to their names, of course, and the only rankings that matter, the MMA Fighting Global Rankings, Andraj is the number two flyweight, could very well be the number two strawweight as well come next month. And she's taking on the number nine strawweight in MMA Fighting's Global Rankings and Amanda Lemos. So Jose was talking about potential title implications. And I love to see these highly ranked fighters closing the show, but... Do you feel like this one, like, has that sizzle that, that those title implication stakes to it? Because I don't know, this one kind of doesn't feel that way. Because we have the title fight coming up. I feel like Marina Rodriguez is there, kind of waiting for the winner. What are these two women fighting for? Like, what what are the actual stakes in this fight?
3: I think I think it's definitely missing that uh, title contender immediacy, and that's okay. That's Okay, I, I've said many times in the show, not every main event needs to be about uh, oh, is this put them one away from a title fight? Does this, you know, guarantee is this the number one contender's bout? it's nice if it is for Lamosh. it certainly could be she's a fresh challenger the ufc of course is always looking for fresh challengers she would be winning uh six straight fights i think i know the angela hill uh, you know pretty competitive fight close split decision maybe raise more questions than gave answers as far as uh how, how legitimate she is as a contender but i think she'll learn from that too so I, I don't think that was a like necessarily a bad experience for her at all so uh so yeah like i said i'm, I'm in agreement i'd be very surprised if either uh Either fighter made enough of a statement to just to say, "Yeah, oh, uh, UFC's got to make the got to give him the next title fight." Um, but Lamosh is—it's weird to say she's closer because, like we said, Andrade is probably—you know—the only reason she was removed from the strawberry rankings mm. is just because she went up to fight at flyweight. If we're talking about should she, where should she be ranked at one hundred and fifteen, if we never took her out, she's what just below Rose and and uh, and Zhang Weili. Right, uh, Joanna would be removed. I mean, so she'd, she'd be Joanna wouldn't be on the list now. So she's third or fourth at worst. This person who's top five in two divisions. Uh, and yet, because she's already competed for the flyweight title, she's already been a strawweight champion and has been in multiple strawweight champion fights. The freshness of LaMosche makes her closer, I think, in the eyes of the fans, in the eyes of the matchmakers. I don't know if that's fair, um, but she has a lot, uh, Amanda that is has a lot to gain here from a win. Andrade, of, Andrade of course, wants to win um, and, and keep her name in that circle, but it does feel like she has more to go just because... They, we've seen her before we've seen her in world title fights before so um the stakes are like medium to high for both fighters and slightly higher um for mental motion and for me that for me that makes us a worthy main event again nothing needs to be guaranteed and nothing is guaranteed in the ufc
4: jed do you agree with that you feel like lamotius is closer to a title shot or do you feel like andrage is closer
5: i think they are in the exact same spot whereas a win here in my books win should give him a title fight like Sure, Marina Rodriguez, like, not here to downplay her her run. Her run has been almost exclusively decisions and of varying widths, basically. And depending on what happens in the upcoming title fight, like, I know that technically Rose Namahunas got her revenge on Jessica Andrade. She sure didn't. She definitely didn't win that fight. And if that fight was five instead of three, she probably gets colded again. Because Andrade was coming on like a bat out of hell in that third round so uh if if Jessica Andrade goes out here and does what I expect I frankly would hope that she would get the next title fight maybe she doesn't but I also don't think Marina Rodriguez is like pulling big numbers like I I think it's entirely viable that if Andrade comes out here and blows the doors off Lamoche that she and Rose wins that they just run a trilogy because who is going to complain on behalf of Marina Rodriguez? Are people going to be up in arms about it? They're not. Everyone knows Andrade more and frankly, probably deserves it more. And similarly, if, if Limoche comes out here and surprises the hell out of me and like takes it to Andraj, I think that that is probably like, and it will depend if she wins like a, <clears throat> a bad split decision, the same way that she, you know, did over Angela Hill, then maybe not. But if she goes out here and just puts boots to her, then that's more impressive than all of Rodriguez's run to me. Even if Lemos probably should have lost to Angela Hill and hasn't really fought anybody in that level before, that one win would be enough for me to say, yeah, that woman probably deserves it more. Let's give it to her. So I think the outcome is that they both an impressive win for either woman puts them really in the driver's seat. I think they, if they come out, either of them impresses and then says something saucy on the mic, they might be able to make. You know, cut right in front of Marina Rodriguez, but we'll see. I mean, I guess I guess that's what we're gonna find out. I just don't feel like Rodriguez is. I don't think anyone will care. Is sort of where I stand. Like I haven't heard the outpouring of fans saying, "Yes, Marina, this is her time. Let's go." It's like, yeah, she's got a good win streak. She probably deserves it. No one's gonna bat an eye if Andrade takes it takes it from her, though.
4: Jose, if you're Marina Rodriguez. Are you, are you concerned here or are you looking at this fight like in a certain way? Like, are, would you prefer one fighter to win over the other? I mean, I know you, you kind of look at things that you need to see the fights play out and how they play out and how the fight ends and stuff like that. Like decisions way, certain way finishes obviously weigh a little bit more, but if you're Rodriguez, are you a fan of one fighter over the other here?
6: Mm, I think it would depend on that, on this fight. And then, of course, the big fight in the big rematch in June between Zhang Weili and Yuanan and Jaychik, which I think no one even mentioned is another high level strawway fight coming up, three rounds for whatever reason. So if Jessica Andraj wins, she would, I assume, want revenge from either of those losses, especially Zhang Weili, the one that, you know, like cleaned her clock in Beijing, or I, be- I think it was Beijing, uh the. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fight in China that once, like when she lost her title. So maybe she, if, even if she does win, I don't know if they'll slot her into a title fight because even Rose has kind of mentioned Marina and Rose seems to kind of, you know, want to fight these girls that are deserving of the title shot. Don't like, Carla, get that like
5: ass beat again.
6: so like, remember like when Carla, everyone said, Carla should get the title shot. And then Daniel was like, mm, maybe. And then Rose was like, no, it's going to be Carla. Like Rose has already said, like Marina's like, yeah, she's in there too. So if the champion wants her, then why not? But let's see how it plays out because, like, let's not forget, 10 of 11 people thought Amanda Lemos lost her last fight. That's obviously not going to help her in the eyes of the UFC. On the flip side, Marina Rodriguez stepped in on real short notice to save a main event one time. You know how the UFC likes to scratch your back if you scratch there. So she's obviously – Marina's in the good graces of the UFC. So I assume she's going to be a big Jessica Andrade fan just because uh, if Amanda Lemos wins, it's new blood. And even if Amanda Lemos does win just do Amanda Lemos versus Marina Rodriguez because Rose, you know, seems to fight like wants to fight like once or like twice a year, maybe not three, four times a year like some fighters do. So if Rose takes another long gap, uh, why not just slot uh, Amanda Lemos and Marina Rodriguez in another main event for the actual number one contender fight?
4: All right, let's get into picks. AK, we will begin with you here. Who gets their hand raised to end the festivities? at the iconic Apex tomorrow night? <laughs>
3: this is so tough for me because I, I think, like I said before, I think that 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 tough fight with uh, with Angela Hill was a, was a really good thing for Man, uh, Amanda Lemos. A, a fight, by the way, which I, th- I thought Lemos won. Uh, there's a robbery review, MMAfighting.com. Guys, check that out. But um, Jose mentioned that most of the media, I think uh, 10 out of 11, 9 out of 10 on MMA decisions, scored the fight for uh, Angela Hill, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. But, a- and man it 's just uh she was she was before that hill fight I mean people were you know were already anointing her as oh I had a emotions running through people she was number one, and then she fought of course a super tough veteran and unsurprisingly was tested and taken to a decision and uh, that uh, a contentious decision, but I do think she learns from that has she learned enough to get over? Uh, the challenge of a Jessica Andraj, I'm not willing to say that yet because, like I said, I still think I think still think Jessica Andraj is in her prime when your only losses are like to Zhang Wei Lee and Rose Namajunas and uh and Yana Jedic. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Oh, and of course, Valentina Shevchenko at flyweight again. uh There's no shame in that. So I'm, I'm a big. I, I need you got to show and prove uh to me. I'm, I'm I'm big on that mindset. I need to see Lamosh really impress against a veteran which again she was good against hill she wasn't great and i think jessica andraj is just better than her in most areas has the finishing power has the the big fight experience uh i'll, I'll say this will go to a decision i will say it'll go to a decision and i think uh, Andraj pulls one out in, uh, in what i think will be a super super exciting fight Jed, your thoughts does this fight go to the judges scorecards
5: i think andrage runs are over like I I don't know. I've never been nearly as high on the motion as everybody else has. Um, She's also like 34, which is oddly old um, for, I mean, any division. That's right when you're kind of hitting your athletic limit at that point. Andrade is only 30, and AK said it. She has lost to bantamweights and champions. So if Mosh wins, she's going to hold the belt. That's basically how this goes, Uh, but she's not going to. I think Andrade – I think Kaylin Jukagin is a much better fighter than Amanda Lamosh, and we all saw what happened in that fight, which to me presents more more troubles for her than Lamosh does. I think she's going to have a big, big night Saturday.
4: Jose, your thoughts. Who gets it done tomorrow night in Las Vegas?
6: Uh, I think easy money is Jessica Andrade. I want to see how her body reacts to like you know going up back and forth between you know flyaway strawweight, flyaway strawweight, like fighting all these she's fighting high level opponents like top five opponents in pretty much two weight classes, and she keeps going back and forth. Uh, I don't like that when men do that, and I he I always hear it's much harder for women to cut weight and fluctuate their weight, especially in, uh, in the middle of fight camp. So if she's got it down to a science, good on her. But I do want to see how her body reacts to another fight at weight. But the easy money is Jessica Andrade. I think everyone here already said it. She's only lost to like literally like the three best fighters in the world. So if you beat her, you're a top three fighter. And I just don't think Amanda Lemos is a top three fighter. Top seven, top five, maybe. Her only loss was to who? Leslie Smith. And that was like a super short notice fight, which is why that fight was a bantamweight. Then, of course, that you saw a suspension. I think it was two years. I can't quite remember. But, yeah, I think easy money is Jessica Andrade. I think she's just unbelievable. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see her in any – Bant- in any title fight, whether it be flyaway, strawweight, even bantamweight, you never know with her.
4: <laughs> so right now we have Jessica Andrade, a minus 210 favorite, the comeback on a plus 175. So clearly, I, I think the risk-reward scale leans in the favor of Lamos. A win obviously gives her a big boost, nice name on the resume. Andrade sort of being the hunted one once again. That being said, I'm going with Andrade. I have liked a lot what I've seen from her over the last few fights since losing the title. Zhang Weili, Valentina Shevchenko aside, and there's really no shame in this one because I don't care who you are. Nobody on planet Earth was touching Valentina Shevchenko on that night. That was one of the most dominant title defenses you will ever see. But she ended the rematch with Rose Namajunas with a lot of momentum, like Jed said. She stops Caitlyn Chu again. Yeah, something that's not easy to do. Jed thinks she won that fight against Naomi. Unis the rematch, and then she steamrolled Cynthia Calvillo in her last fight. I just think the experience, the explosiveness, the level of competition, and now this ability to not just go insane in the first five minutes of the fight and slow down down the stretch, I think she's found an ability to pace herself better, to use her power, to use her athleticism in a better way for longer periods of time and she's shown that recently she gets better as the fight goes on if it needs to get out of that first round so all those things factor in against a fighter like Lemos especially in a 25 minute fight so I'll go with Andrade to get it done I think she gets a stoppage and I think it's going to be kind of a torturous night for Amanda Lemos I think Andrade is going to take her time a little bit she's going to pick her apart and then fourth round I think she officially gets her out of there I think Lemos just eventually has enough so
3: uh rest of the main jed,
4: card hold on. jed oh, jed, jed why
3: is your why is your score your uh why do you, why is your namajunas andrade a two score why is that not on mma decisions
5: i don't know i actually think i scored it as a draw because i'm feel very confident i gave andrade a 10-8 for the last but i could be wrong about that
3: it's mma decisions has like 20 out of 20 outlets scored it for rose jed you could have been the one name on that list
5: I'm the one name a lot on that website.
3: <laughs> I, I wish you had been. And now you now you're, but it didn't, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't, didn't register a score that day, sadly.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
1: and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's only a kick. A jump.
0: A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Adidas.
4: Rest of the main card, we got Clay Guida versus Claudio Playas. By the way, if you haven't read it yet, MMAFighting.com, Sean Alshadi did a tremendous piece about Clay Guida and some of his uh, great experiences going through the MMA world from the regional scene to bowling alleys to Diego Sanchez and much more. It is a tremendous read. Go check that out. We got Macy Barber coming back, taking on Montana De La Rosa. We got Alexander Romanov taking on, once again, the returning Chase Sherman to He's the UFC. Back. And then Charles Jordan taking on Lando Venata to kick off the main card. You know, that's going to be fun. So Jed, what's the fight that stands out to you on this card outside of the main event? If you can only pick one in the main event on this UFC card, what are you picking?
5: So one outside of the main event, eh? Well, the answer is very obvious to me. Um, I mean, I could say something stupid like Mike Jackson, Dean Barry, but the actual answer is Lando Venata, Charles Jordan. That seems like that's... If it was gonna be Manel Cape, okay, but now it's it's that fight, that's a also a really good banger. So um, though I will admit I am like oddly fascinated by Dean Barry Mike Jackson. So because Dean Barry is like a minus four Dean Barry is a bigger favorite than Chris Cyborg is. He's Dean Barry, and Chris Cyborg literally has already beaten Arlene Blanco eighteen <laughs> months ago, and she is somehow not a bigger favorite than him, so that fight is wildly interesting to me.
4: Ak, what's yours? Which which your one other fight outside of the main event that you're
3: picking from this card? I mean, jet spoiled is Dean Barry and Mike Jackson, and I'm ba- I'm not really? even. Being fair. I just think like I, I'm glad they're just doing it first fight of the card. Okay, I, I mean, I, I uh, first fight of the prelims. I say, excuse me, first fight of the preliminary portion of the card. I mean, a lot of again. You- you're not worried about scaring off any like casual fans because most casual fans probably aren't tuning in to the first two, three, four fights of the ESPN's Plus prelims, so that's okay. Um, hardcore fans kind of, I think, are aware why this fight is happening. They're sc- certainly not like enthused about it. Um, they're definitely just saying, isn't this the guy who beat CM Punk? Which, by the way, technically he hasn't. I mean, that, that result was overturned, right? Because uh, he was smoking the weeds, so, you know... CM Punk really, they should run that one back. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, CM Punk currently uh, going for the AEW World Title. He's he's got bigger goals in mind. But uh, yeah, I, I I I agree. Like, and it's funny when you mention the odds. It's not even that crazy though, because of all the, you know, it, Dean Barry. Yeah, he's only got like crazy. five fights. Except that that says more how lightly people are taking Mike Jackson than necessarily how lightly sorry you know how lightly they're taking the the cyborg uh, Blanka fight. Right? It's just. It just, I mean, Cyborg should be like a 20 to 1 favorite, but there's, I guess there's enough respect for Blankow, and there's enough, like, oh, you know, she's just a much, uh, Blankow is a much more, you know, accomplished fighter than Mike Jackson. Um, but it's, it's the kind of weird, odd attraction that I don't mind the UFC opening up with. Um, look, hey, maybe Mike Jackson surprises us. We really didn't get to see, he didn't have to do much against CM Punk. Uh, he fought a pretty I think you safe bet fight. On him. I don't bet on MMA, as you know. But you're right. I mean, I see. I do, and
5: I, I don't may or may why, not to bet on him.
3: I don't see why you wouldn't <laughs> did. Would you you bet on him?
5: Five bucks. I mean,
3: uh, plus him plus, seven, and plus Chase
5: plus Sherman are both aggressively undercrossed. <laughs> these are
3: these are Bellator prelim odds. Uh, this this uh, this is actually exactly this actually looks like a belt or prelim. Dean Barry versus Mike Jackson. Uh, and the odds are are certainly reflective See I'm fascinated yeah. by again, th- and this also reflects by the way the rest of the card, which I think has like solid. There's like, solid matchups on it, but nothing that's from a narrative standpoint is like particularly compelling. Like Preston Parsons versus Evan Elder, it could be a great fight. I'm, I'm just not drawn to it dwight grant sergey Kondosko, it looks like a great fight i'm just not drawn to it but this oddity of dean barry and them s- somehow bringing back mike jackson despite like everything that has or hasn't happened over the since his last fight that's really cool and weird and i'm definitely even if i wasn't you know required to watch it because it was our job i would be tuning in to see that
4: jose what do you got what's your on deck circle fight on this card
6: I mean, I said on Between the Links yesterday, it's Tyson Page versus Ike Villanueva. Ike Villanueva literally hasn't reached the judge's scorecard in like six years. He's either getting just melted or he's melting someone else. And they're... By no means are any of them technical. Like, it's just, I'm going to throw as hard as I can until someone dies uh, or he fights someone that throws a kick punch in the middle of a UFC fight. He's one in four in the UFC, and we're talking about, like, oh, Mike Jackson gets another shot. Like, I can't believe they're giving Mike Jack, like, Ike Villanueva, like, a sixth fight in the UFC. Love everything about it. The man is a real-life boomhauer, and then Tyson Pedro hasn't fought in four years because of various injuries, and I was super high on Tyson Pedro, and then obviously he's run into some rough luck. His last fight was against Shogun at, in Australia pre-pandemic. So the man has been out for a minute, and also I'm also very excited to watch fellow MMA media member Mike Jackson get another professional fight so I'm very excited to see how the 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 media landscape. you know also oddly enough, Mike Jackson was the only one backstage that scored every round for John Jones against Dominic Reyes, which I thought was just absolutely bizarre when I was there in Houston. Yeah, so when after that fight, I was like walking around like interviewing fighters and he's like, yeah, John Jones five0. I'm like, yup." And I just like walked to the next guy. It was very – I was literally at a loss for words when he told me that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see him fight. Uh, decent card all around. Uh, a lot of funny. Like, obviously, I'm a big dork, so I'm always going to tune in for Charles Jordan. Uh, World of war, the baddest World of Warcraft player in the UFC, has a Horde tattoo, has some dope earrings, looks like he was going to die weighing in, even and his fight didn't even happen against Tilly in Houston, and- or Anaheim, and he's still weighed in, so shout out to you, Charles Jordan, you're getting another shot, so a lot of fun fights on this card, but mm-hmm. selfishly, and it's not going to be a good fight, I'm excited for Tyson Pedro, Ike Villanueva.
4: I mean, I'm curious about Macy Barber, Montana De La Rosa. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how that plays out. But if I'm choosing one just because, you know, with everything going on this weekend, I want, like, an action-packed fight that's probably not going to last all that long. I'm going to go with Jordan Wright, Mark andre Barrio. Those two are just going to sling, catch weight uh, 190 pounds.
6: It's because yeah, you're a I'm big weeb like, like Jordan Wright.
4: <laughs> I mean, they're just going to go in there and throw as hard as they can until somebody falls down. It's going to last a minute yeah. and a half. And then we're gonna move on to the next thing. So it'll be a fun mm-hmm. fight while it lasts. And uh that's has, I'll go with that one just to be different.
6: Has Jordan Wright ever reached the judge's scorecard? Because I was like trying to think of this, like I haven't looked it up. I don't think he's ever like reached so. the I don't think he's ever fought a position, win or not lose. Not. I'm Make sure it's all finished. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. Even his no contract originally KLS, so, nope. He's not even from <laughs> Beverly, he has, oh, yeah, he was.
4: He hasn't even seen a third round. He hasn't even seen a yeah. minute of round two yet, like a full go. minute of a second round yet in his career. So he's he a man that's who that's knows how this
5: works. And,
6: <laughs> and he that's walks how how
4: out.
5: He to, to
6: and he walks out to the 1990s version of the Berserk theme song. So you know he has a soft spot in my heart. I don't have to tell you about that, though.
4: Yeah. Well, let's move on to Bellator <laughs> 279, ladies. <laughs> <sighs> Chris Cyborg, Arlene Blanco, two second round submission for Cyborg in their first meeting about a year and a half ago. I assume nobody is picking the upset here. So just looking at it, I'm going to play this game. We're going to play a little prop bet game between the four of us. Because the closest prop betting line in terms of over-under betting line on the board right now, over-under one and a half rounds, Jed Looks like minus money on both sides with a slight edge on the over. Do you like the over or under here? One and a half rounds tomorrow, main event: Chris Cyborg, Arlene Blanco. Two. Can Arlene Blanco get it over a round and a half?
5: That is, it's um, really well set line, frankly, because it's tough to make a choice there. I'm gonna say because she like literally just made the over in their first fight <laughs> um, by like. Six seconds. Looking so now. Six seconds. I'm going to say the over because I think Arlene Blanco is going to now be even more cautious, and she's going to really fight to survive. And so I'm going to say over, but it wouldn't at all. Like I could totally be wrong.
4: A.K.
3: Over and under round and a half. Under under uh this time i think she's going you know what when am i going to be here again like this is really my last shot uh probably pretty surprised to, no not surprised <laughs> but uh you know getting getting a rematch in the first place is tough i was surprised to see now that i was trying of like it felt like they've already rematched uh you know opponents for cyborg a bunch of times this is technically her only rematch in uh, of someone she fought twice now she's now fighting for the second time in bellator she fought lizzie smith a second time of course but i mean that was they just talked about the
5: Sinead cavanaugh thing but then they did this oh that was all right
3: that was crazy that like (laughs) like,
5: like, yeah we're gonna run that one immediately back let's just do that again
3: this one is like i mean it's not like much more exciting but it is makes a little more sense at least as far as the distance at least cyborg has two title defenses between the you know, the last, uh, this one in the last Blanco fight. Uh, but yeah, I think Blanco kind of throws caution to the wind this time and says, maybe if I maybe if I take it to her, you know, Amanda Nunez style, I'm going to go in there swanging and banging. Maybe I can catch her the same way and see what happens. But I mean, Sabur is such a smart fighter that like, you know, it's it, other than that Nunez fight, it really feels like to catch her in that way well, is it, so unlikely and so difficult. So um, I think if, if Blanco does go with that strategy, it's going to end very poorly for her. And this time she does not make it past the 230 mark of the second round
4: jose you on the over or the under team here uh probably under
6: uh because you know how many submission wins chris cyborg has in her entire career one one and it was against arlene <laughs> so i'm assuming it will be under because you know why not just put her out put her to sleep in i'm gonna say three minutes and 14 seconds that'll be my prediction three three of the first round
5: also, shouts, shouts to Cyborg for really just murdering Cyborg by TKO prop bets last mm-hmm. time around. <laughs> that, has been the, that has been the most safe bet in mixed martial arts gambling for 10 years Cyborg by KO. <laughs> and she pulls out the first sub of her career. I took such a bad... Wow. I
4: actually think this will go... There it is. I actually think this will be over. I, I'm going to say third round finish for Cyborg. now. Third
5: round? Yeah, so I think she makes Because decisions. looking I, 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 because at it, it, looking she at it, that's a t- that's
6: a risky. You know how many times she's finished opponents in the third round in Bellator? Zero. She's finished them in one, two, four, and five, never third.
5: Ooh, maybe she's going for gotta, it. Maybe she's going to hit do, for the cycle, the, man. Cycle.
4: She's going to hit for go. the cycle here. here she's
6: literally like, she's had four fights in, in Bellator. It's been four, two, five, and one. Her last third round stoppage win was. Strike Force Miami against Marloose Cohen. So there you go, Mike. She's due.
4: She's so this. due for a third round finish. I love it. I love my pick even well, more. Oh no, I lied. I, I, Tanya Evander third. I love
6: it. Tanya I mean, Evander third round. I, I forgot about that.
5: Oh, because I love that. I just want. <laughs> I want Cyborg to do the like the stories you hear about it, like. Jordan and uh, magic and Larry bird, where they're just like bored during the regular season. Like, I'm going to play left-handed tonight. I just want cyborg to do that for the rest of her career. I'm going to get a stoppage at three minutes and four seconds of the third round. Exactly. And just try to do that.
4: Yeah. Well, let's go to pro like, honestly, there's the fight is what it is, but there's kind of a bigger story attached to this. That isn't being talked about that much. Because we have to think about where Chris Cyborg will actually go from here, right? Because this is not something that she's wanted to discuss at all in the build to this fight. I know she's done interviews and she's basically said, I'm not going to talk about this, but by pretty much all accounts, come July, Chris Cyborg becomes a free agent. So, Jose, she is a big name. She's making good money in Bellator. She is winning the game of prize fighting being in Bellator because she's getting. Main event fights that are very winnable for a good chunk of change. She doesn't have to go crazy thinking about it. She's spending a lot of time in the the cage, excuse me, the circular cage. She may not be able to get the biggest challenges in Bellator, but she gets to fight, win, and make a lot of money. Of course, PFL could be an option with Kayla Harrison over there. Chris could compete for the million dollars next season. Do you feel like this could be her last Bellator fight tomorrow night, or do you think she's going to be like the grass is pretty green over here? I'm making a lot of money and I don't have to do a whole hell of a lot here. It's pretty pretty cushy.
6: I think if she resigns with Bellator, she's going have to have to like force Scott Coker and PFL to do some sort of cross promotion. You know, I don't think she's going to sign back with PFL to just run it back with Sinead and like all these other fighters that she's already beaten. Like Julia Budd's already hopped over to the UFC, so if she hops over there, it's just another person that she can rematch there anyway. So uh, I think if she does resign with Bellator, she's going to have to force Scott Coker hands to give her either Kazingano, who for some reason she hasn't fought yet, even though they want the fight to happen, or just be like, if we resign, you got to get this Kayla Harrison thing sorted, uh, and we'll do a cross promotion, or I'll just go to PFL and fight her there. So I think after this fight uh we'll see her fight Kayla Harrison within her next three fights whether it's cross promotion or just with PFL is the is the bigger question.
3: AK, hey, you think this is it? Think this is her last Bellator fight? If this is uh yes, I think it will be. I think she is going to go do the PFL. I think it just makes a lot of sense for her. I think again, she wants to she already is the only woman to win, you know, the world title in every major promotion, then the PFL has sprung up suddenly there's another option for her. Kayla Harrison is there. My only question would be, when this happens, do they just book uh, Harrison and Saburg right away, or do they do the thing where they try it out over the course of the season and then, you know, just assume? And this is, and it's never safe to assume anything in tournaments and or regular seasons. You know, the whole league structure. This would be like one of the safest. If they decided to keep them apart, like for as long as they could, this would be like one of the safest, safest bets. Um, both women pretty healthy, not a lot of history with injury just have you know they run they pretty much are known to run over everyone at 140 145 pounds um or could, again uh, maybe 155 i don't know i don't know how does say hey they decide to go with it but either way I, I do wonder though if if just to draw those immediate eyeballs and again just to uh, you know mitigate any chance that the fight might not happen that you just do cyborg and, and harrison right away but yeah i think uh i think this is it um and I think if you're Cyborg, you know now that you're, like I said, you're getting your first, uh, second time opponents, uh, Beltor, excuse me, title challenger. You kind of have to read the tea leaves here and and say, like, man, I, you know, what what is the next challenge for me? I'm not done yet. I'm not ready to retire yet. I'm clearly still the number one featherweight in the world. I got to make this Kayla Harrison fight happen. The idea of winning a tournament and getting a million dollars very appealing. Um, so this will, this will be it. This is, I think, our our, our nice Hawaiian swan song to uh, Chris Cyborg and Bellator jed do you agree with that
5: nope she's coming back to bellator um she is probably going to come back on some sort of a structured deal because pfl is about to start their season and what ak said is like it's totally possible that they would just be idiots that they would sign her and be like well we need you to go through the tournament or Kayla's already in the tournament. So we're going to wait till the end of it should be the dumbest promotional thing in the history of the world, but like right in their wheelhouse of possibility. So, uh, I think she's just going to say, all right, well, they're doing this PFL thing. Let's hope Kayla rides it out and I'm going to go to Scott and say, Hey, Scott, you like work with me. I like working with you. I still want to fight cats and Gano. not really sure what the hell's going on here and why that's not, I will sign a, seven-month contract with you with no champions clause stips on it and I will fight once maybe twice before I go to the PFL and in that gives you seven months to get your ducks in a row and figure out co-promotion with them because either way I'm going because that's the fight I want it's the fight I need I'm going to go get that by hook or by crook and then that puts the onus on him to get off his ass and do whatever the hell he didn't do when Kayla Harrison was a free agent. So I think she's coming back because the timing doesn't really seem like it fits to me, but I think she's coming back with a lot of caveats attached to to her return.
4: I think this is a question we're going to be revisiting in the next two or three months, because if her contract expires in July and she goes out there and beats Arlene, pretty emphatically and doesn't take a lot of damage and is healthy coming out of it. Maybe Kat Sagano is in Hawaii. Maybe we'll see that little face off and they try to squeeze one more in before we, uh, we get to that place.
5: Wouldn't it be the most MMA thing in the world for Arlene Blanco to win this fight though? (laughs) Like it's a rematch. She should obviously lose. We've literally already seen it. There's so much tied up into the future of Kayla and Cyborg and, this just be the the weird bolt of lightning that shakes up everything. That feels fitting.
3: This would. We're at work. This would surpass. No, I. Oh, always no no, sure. this would, this this is, no, no. This would. No, no, no. This upset. would surpass. I, I have held on to this this uh, upset for uh, forever now. That nothing will ever pass uh, Sarah and GSP. I think cup beating Cyborg would would be a bigger upset. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
5: that
4: would be a stunner. I'm yeah. That'd be an absolute stunner, no doubt about it. Uh, so that's the main event. We'll see what happens with Chris Cyborg. Jed, back to you. We have the kickoff of the Bantamweight Grand Prix on this card. kyoji horiguchi versus Patchy Mix, five rounds. Co-main event slot. We got rafion stats taking on Juan Archuleta for the interim bantamweight <laughs> title. Let's take the title off the table. We know how you feel about this whole situation because it's it is kind of Stupid. silly, but you know, if it, makes fights, if it makes fighters more money along the way, cool. Which fight does it on an island? Do you like more? Take the title and all that out of it. Which of these two fights do you like more? Horiguchi mix or Stotts Archuleta?
5: Um, oh, that's really good. I think Horiguchi mix is probably going to be more fun, so I'll say that. I think both of these fights rule between the four men competing. They have a combined like three career losses or some absurdly low number. Um, but I think, one, Kyoji's just – Kyoji's the best Japanese fighter ever. He's one of the most fun dudes to watch compete. Patchy Mix has been talking of, to, to steal Jose's term, talking a lot of greaseness coming into this one, um, and almost certainly can't back it up, especially over five rounds. So that fight is probably going to be really fun, whereas Hovian Stats and Juan Archuleta could look – a lot like patch like the first the early goings of mix archuleta which is like a fun scrap but also like i don't know stats might just tackle him a bunch and it might not be nearly as exciting as watch kyoji do kyoji things
4: Okay, i feel like juan archuleta might be the most overlooked fighter of the entire weekend batting lines nearly a two to one underdog it does not seem like there is a single person that is out there that is picking juan archuleta To win this fight, are you surprised by this, or is this just everyone just hopping on the Stotts bandwagon? I feel like people should have hopped on a couple of years ago, but I feel like Archuleta is not getting really any respect
3: heading into tomorrow. I I actually reacted quite viscerally. Mike, can you say that again, and I'll I'll repeat my facial reaction uh, uh, that whole about Archuleta.
4: I feel like Juan Archuleta might be the most overlooked fighter of the weekend.
3: That was my, it was a little more uh, organic before, but uh, yes, uh, uh, that surprised me. I didn't know he was, a, I did not know he was a two to one underdog. I was about to go on a whole bit about him being overlooked, but I didn't think it was by that much. Um, I get it. Uh, Look, uh, Rofian Stott's really good, glossy record. People love that 17 and one. It looks real nice. Uh, he's, you know, he's got the right uh, training background, you know, with the iron sharpens iron and all that. Cool name. Um, And, you know, there's that element of, we've discussed all the way in the show, kind of freshness. People like to see fresh names. People want to see fresh names, get that shot of the title. They want to see new champions. They want to see, um, you know, new names advance in this this tournament. Um, But yeah, Archuleta for sure. Like, I think people, like Archuleta Mix was a really good fight. And it's just, it's one that like, I feel like some people have forgotten. Um, We always talk about on all of our shows how amazing the bantamweight division is and and often we're talking with the UFC, but we're absolutely including so many of the Bellator, Bantamweight, Sergio Pettis, Koji Horiguchi, Archuleta Mix, Rofian Stotts. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, it does uh, – he is definitely, definitely, definitely being overlooked. Um, Archuleta is, a, is just a super talent, super, super talent, super well-rounded guy. He was competitive in two divisions. Uh, I, I was picking him to win. I, I did not know um, that he was such a – like, two uh, to one is really – uh it's it surprising to me if you told me like it was like maybe uh, minus 150 for stats i would have understood um but i think archuleta is you know he's just fought he's fought the better competition he's got that experience um i think five rounds uh, i'm not i'm not saying either guy has a gas tank at all i just favor archuleta to be able to kind of make the adjustments and uh and pull away if he does fall behind uh jed said like it could look a little bit like the patchy mix fight i think that's a pretty uh pretty accurate breakdown so um yeah again i don't bet on mma but uh if you were to you know Fancy yourself a parlay? You could do a lot worse than throwing a, an Archuleta win in there. In the last
4: forty-five don't minutes, No, in the last uh, forty-five minutes, Archuleta went from a plus went from a plus one ninety-five underdog to a plus two fifteen underdog. So more money coming in on uh, Mr. Superstats, uh, uh, according to our friends at DraftKings. So, Jose, which which one of these Grand Prix fights are you more interested in on Saturday?
6: it's Kyoji Horiguchi because like I said on between the links a lot of people on this site in particular at one point thought Kyoji Horiguchi was the best bantamweight in the world I was not in that camp but a lot of people thought it was and he was well on his way to beating Sergio Pettis before he just got clipped by a very crazy spinning back elbow and one of the best knockouts you see all year even Sergio Pettis himself was very upset with his win because he was about to lose uh, so I'm excited to see how he bounces back because a lot of people still like I said consider him the best bantamweight in the world if he had beaten Sergio Pettis. We probably would have been talking about him in this fight like we were talking about AJ McKee before his last fight. Like, it, does Bellator have the best featherweight? Does Bellator have the best abandon weight? The answer is no. But the fact that we're having that conversation makes it that much more interesting. Patchy Mix is pretty much. F- uh, beaten what every, almost all these high level band weights outside of Juan Archuleta. I think his record, he hasn't beaten a lot of recognizable names, but he's beating them the way you're supposed to beat fighters like that. Just, he's obviously coming off the big win over Gallagher, which I'm not super high on James Gallagher, but a lot of people tune in to watch him fight. So I'm sure Mix got, for whatever Be- for whatever this means in Bellator, more fans. Uh, and then Juan Archuleta <laughs> and his real stupid gimmick of being a Mexican man walking out in a conquistador helmet fighting Rufián Stotts. I don't know who's going to win that fight, but I am almost guaranteeing it's going to go five rounds because what what do they have, like 20-something decisions between the two? They're both very high-level fighters, and they both dominate their opponents when they do win. But they don't really put their opponents away a whole lot. So I expect I'm going to pick Juan Archuleta to win. Who's he lost to? Sergio Pettis and Patricio Pitbull? Two very high-level names. We just talked a whole lot about who's Jessica Andrade's lost to. Literally the best. That's all Juan has lost to. If Rufian Stotts wins, you'd have to consider him one of the favorites in this Grand Prix Then considering the, the only people that have beaten Juan Archuleta. But I'm going to pick Juan Archuleta and his stupid
4: conquistador Mexican gimmick. All right, Jed. Who's moving on in this Grand Prix? Are we uh, are we rolling with two favorites? Could we see an underdog play spoiler here? An Archuleta and Mix. What do you think?
5: Nah, baby. This is Bellator. Always go with the chalk. Uh, when I first looked at the Stotts <laughs> fight, I thought that oh, that seems like doesn't should should not be that big an underdog. And I watched the tape. Was like, oh no, that's right. Like Stotts is just going to tackle him a bunch, and he's not going to be able to stop it. And he's probably not going to blow his gas like Apache Mixed in their fight. So, uh, give me the chalk, baby. Kyoji, I think Kyoji's the favorite in the tournament. Um, and Stotz is probably my second favorite in the tournament, what with old Pettis out of, out of action now. So, um, also, it was really weird that Archuleta wasn't going to be in this tournament. Is that right? Was he just not going to be in the Grand Prix? That seems weird. Um, but yeah, no, I'm go all chalk, baby, down the line.
4: AK. Uh,
3: yeah, oh, Mike, you just asked Oh, just asking, sorry, I blacked out there for a second. I was looking at odds. Where are the Bellator? I was, I was looking at Jed's uh, gambling article. I apologize. I, w- I wasn't paying attention to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find odds for, for Blenkow and Cyborg. What, what are they, Jed? Uh,
4: minus uh, 900 for Cyborg, plus 600 for Blenco. Yep.
3: Only minus 900. But I know. High, right? It
4: depends Isn't where you look. She's as high. She's as high <laughs> as, as, as a minus on 1400, it. though. She's as high as a four, minus 1400, depending on where you look. But DraftKings, the best sports book on the planet, minus 900. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, but Mike. What, was, it, what Michael was the question? Wins, you're me?
5: I might be destitute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry. What was the question? The Grand Prix matchups. Who wins? Oh, okay. Uh, well, like I said, I like Archuleta. And I'm going to go with korokuchi I'm going with korokuchi There was a part of me that was like, uh, you know, Apache's almost like in the same boat as Juan Archuleta. I feel like, uh, you know, he lost that one fight. And I don't know if that took a lot of the, you know, he lost that undefeated mystique. But I also think, uh, again, Kyoji was beating Sergio Pettis. I mean, he was clearly winning that fight. Uh, he's clearly the superior fighter. Has to be one of the three or four best bantamweights in the world uh my rankings might not reflect that i'm gonna have to take another look at them um i'm one of the uh people who was skeptical and oddly after he after that performance even though he lost i kind of felt compelled to, to move him up and kind of listen to what some of our our other mma fighting panelists i had to say about kyoji but um this is a legitimate test for him this is a legitimate test and an and upset would not surprise me but uh jed is right chalk is the way to go uh Kills you. I don't think he's getting caught by anything like that from patchy mix, and I think he wins a, a pretty clear cut decision.
4: All right, Jose, you're going Archuleta the- and Horiguchi? that There you going with?
6: Correct, Horiguchi, okay. Who a lot like I said could be the best man in the world in Archuleta.
4: The first like nine minutes of that fight, the mix Porguchi fight are going to be is going to be interesting because mix is a big dude. I mean, we'll get, they're they're going to weigh in today. So we'll see if Apache Mix even makes the weight because he missed it in his last fight. And Mix is a big guy. He's probably going to gas down the stretch, but those first like eight, nine minutes are going to be really interesting. But I'm with Horiguchi, and I'll go... S- I think Archuleta is being completely overlooked here. I will go Stotts, but this has like BS, split decision written Ooh. all over it. Like this is... <laughs> This is one of those like
3: controversial decisions written all over it. So Mike stirring the pot before the, the pot, the fight hasn't even happened yet. You're already stirring the pot. I mean, it would be such a Bellator
4: thing to, to have that happen. So, so that's the Bellator 279 card. Of course, Bellator 278 is going down tonight. You can check that out.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial.
4: But before all that, those festivities happen, Jose, I know you've been waiting for this moment. Tyson Fury, Dillian White are going to get in the squared circle and uh-huh. they're going to throw those heavyweight hands at each other. This is a very interesting matchup. Supposedly, quote unquote, the retirement fight for Tyson Fury. We don't know if that's actually going to be the case or not. It is uh-huh. combat sports and money talks. Tyson Fury has the chance to make just a ton more of it. There's a lot of money to be left on the table here. But a lot of people just look at this fight, and they think Tyson Fury is just going to go in there. He's going to dance around. He's going to sing some songs. He's going to knock Dillian White into next week, and then he's going to sing some more songs in the microphone, say he's retired, and just walk away. Just walk back down the aisle in front of 90,000 people at Wembley Stadium. Do you think it's that simple?
6: No, hell no. Dillian White is so good at fist fighting human beings. He's just the fourth at at times at at its at its peak of the last ten years. Dillian White was like the fourth best. Heavyweight in the world. When Andy Ruiz beat Anthony Joshua, I still thought because I wanted Dillian White Joshua to rematch in uh, in New York that night, or to have Dillian White fight, fight Andy Ruiz. Those are the fights like I wanted. Dillian White has just been severely overlooked by the masses simply because his name was not Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, and Tyson Fury. Let's not forget Tyson Fury's win over Klitschko is awful. That fight is terrible. Like historic. Like, historic win, and then he lost his mind and vacated the belts and, like, took, like, six years off, and then Klitschko had that absolute banger of a fight against Anthony Joshua that I think people have just severely forgotten about in terms of, like, great heavyweight fights the last five years. Dillion White is so good, and he has not fought in Deontay Wilder three times in the last two years, which is a lot of damage on the human body. I don't know if you've heard this, Deontay Wilder is probably the best hardest puncher in the history of boxing all more than i'll even say more than mike tyson there's literally a gif of deontay wilder punching tyson fury in the head and there is a ripple effect going down tyson fury's entire body you can't do that three times to be the same man uh tyson fury of course is not is controversial heading into this fight, I think, because there are outside questions about his management group or people that he's been tied to. So he's trying to, you know, not cast a big spotlight on him. Dillian White is so good at fighting. And if he wins, we're not going to call it an upset. We're just going to run it back between two high-level boxers. If the number four heavyweight beats the number one heavyweight. It's not an upset. He's just better that night. And then if he does win, Tyson Fury is not retiring. He might vacate the belt to take on money fights like Francis and or this or that because he doesn't want to be tied into like mandatory fights. But if I'm any of these people, if Anthony Joshua beats if Anthony Joshua wins and Tyson Fury wins, make that fight because that's the biggest fight outside of Connor McGregor fighting Canela, which will never happen. The biggest fight you can make in all of combat sports is Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. You put all the belts on the line to become the first unified heavyweight champion since Lennox Lewis, it'll sell that much. Now, if Tyson Fury wins and Anthony Joshua loses, Tyson Fury is not going to want to fight Alexander Usyk. He's just going to vacate the belt, and he'll go fight Anthony Joshua for no belts, and it will still make a ton of money. So don't say boxing is dead, because the heavyweight uh, division right now is fan-freaking-tastic. Tyson Fury is awesome, Dillian White's awesome, and I'm very excited for Saturday.
4: Jed, this seems like uh, your kind of heavyweight title fight right here because you got Tyson Fury, he's just full of personality, and then you have Dillian White who, as you like to put it, when speaking of some of these UFC fighters, he's a get or get got kind of guy. He just goes in there and just get or get got. He just gets in there and he throws as hard as he can. He's very effective. He can knock dudes out. He's got power he just goes in there and he gets after it. And he's either going to knock a dude out or he's going to get knocked out. That's probably how the, I don't think this fight goes to the decision. I think someone's going to sleep. It just depends. I think it's going to be kind of late. Maybe the 10th round this fight ends, but this seems like uh right in your wheelhouse for heavyweight boxing.
5: So you love loved Dillian white because this is a man who knows what combat sports are about. It's about <laughs> just do, a th- do a thing violently really hard for like 10 minutes max, because that's what we want to see. I look, you know, high level MMA and Jose can, you know, like all his elite fighters fighting 25 minute tactical battles. Give me two dudes just chucking them, chucking mitts until one (laughs) of them falls down. I will always be here for this. I'll watch it every weekend. And yeah, I think Dillian White is probably going to come chuck chuck mitts and he's going to get knocked out. It's going to be great. It's going to be really, really fun.
4: AK, did you know that Tommy Fury is fighting on this card? Cause I didn't know until yesterday, and the fight's tomorrow. I didn't.
3: I didn't know Tyson Fury was fighting until you told me. I knew Tommy Fury was fighting. <laughs> that's that's what's weird. I was like, I was like, are you? Guys, I was like, why do you guys keep saying Tyson? And then I'm like, oh, I was just looking at. I went to Wikipedia, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, Tommy Fury fighting Daniel Bochansky. I'm assuming not uh, a, a world title contender, but that's fine. Uh, listen, we all we're all, I think. I shouldn't say all. There's some people who didn't care for the matchup at all. But those of us who were, you know, sort of enjoying the Jake Paul, you know, uh, freak show fight experience, Tommy Fury was such a logical opponent. Both people wanted it. I believe that. I, I think anyone accusing Tommy Fury of pulling out of the fight, like like faking it, is insane. Why would he do that? He's probably, you know, has a good chance of being Jake Paul. He probably lost a lot of money. Especially if that fight uh, never materializes again. So I believe all the stuff about whatever, illness, chest pains, all that stuff is kind of happening. Because I do think it would have taken a lot uh, happening to Tommy Fury for him to not want to do that fight. It, win or lose. Even if, he, even if he ended up losing, he would have made a lot of money. So instead, kind of nice. He ends up on the on the undercard of uh, of Tyson. That's always fun. Again, could be Tyson's last fight. I, I, my, our, our, all you guys don't necessarily think that. Um, but maybe his last time uh, you know, as a, a regular sort of normal boxer whatever that means defending his world title and, and what have you so um yeah but yeah Ty Fury, i think that's a fun one main event uh i mean look i i i'm i'm a, I'm a tyson Fury. He's probably gonna stay undefeated guy i just think he's got that weird style yeah three fights with deontay wilder uh, i tell you not good for you definitely not good for you uh, i know jose is not a doctor but i do trust his medical diagnosis here um win or lose boy uh going however many rounds those guys went you just can't be the safe person but i do think there is enough of tyson fury left what a horrible thing to say about a fighter uh, i do think there's enough left in the gas tank as it were and and health wise and, and skill wise and his faculties and everything that um yeah i think he takes care of business and i think we'll get uh i think we'll see a late finish i think we'll see a late finish so i'm going fury state uh, remains undefeated and i i do think the retirement is real um only because i'm skeptical that those uh you know those sort of fights we want to see with gandu and stuff happen i hope they happen i think they'd be really cool mm-hmm. if they did uh, i definitely would mm-hmm. want to see the joshua fight before it's all said and done but i do think there's mm-hmm. a chance fury is such a unique character i do think there's a chance that this could be it
5: you guys are just forgetting an important thing which is dante wilder already killed him And he rose from the dead. (laughs) And you cannot kill it. Yeah, guess what?
6: Even Jesus only
3: did that once. Can't do it again. (laughs) Oh, controversial. Every year. Wow.
5: Man, I wish we did this on Easter. I, I
3: know the timing.
5: Time,
6: Daniel Bonch so Daniel, Bonchonsky, cool. Daniel Bonchonsky, the guy that Tommy Fury's fighting to, is actually like a, I think a legitimate test. He's not going to be a champion, but like the, all the flack that it gave Tommy Fury's previous opponents, like if you look at the records of all his previous opponents, it's it is like historically awful. But Daniel Bonchanski, I think, is like ten and one, nine and one, and he actually does have a lot of decision wins, which means he has a lot of ring time. This is a, I think a legitimate test. I wish it was longer. I think it's 6 rounds, maybe 8. I wish it was like a full 10, but I think this is a actual decent step up for a fighter of Tommy Fury's level like at this point in his career. Like exactly. I don't I think like Jake Paul gets him way more money. I don't know if Daniel Bonchinski is better than Jake Paul, but I don't hate this matchup.
4: All right. Well, let's go to the peeps. We'll take a couple of peeps questions cuz by the way, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, I think around 5:30 Eastern to react to Tyson Fury's potential win, or maybe Dillian White's big win, non upset mm-hmm. according to Jose Youngs. No, uh, and then we'll take your questions heading into the UFC and hey, uh, cards.
3: So can we talk about polls a little bit too. I don't know if you guys noticed in the chat, uh, polls have spring it up left and right, it's and start, uh, polls first. people have just and people have just been taking them. And if you want to know how that went, <laughs> I can tell you right now. Results poll results. Man. All right, we got some poll results. Most anticipated event: uh, Fury versus White. It, it was UFC was the early leader. Uh, Fury versus White pulled ahead, forty three percent. Not as overwhelming as I would think, though. This is mostly an MMA fighting audience, so let's keep that in mind. But forty three percent Fury White. Uh, Vegas fifty two second at thirty three percent. Over under Blencow uh, one and a half rounds over by quite a large margin 66 percent. Wow. excuse me two out of three think that she, yeah. she does it again gets it maybe because they saw it maybe because they saw it and they're like why can't she do that again or, right?
5: or maybe they think blanco's winning we just don't that know too.
3: that too yeah i mean i would count that also <laughs> as going over yeah blanco win <laughs> I don't
5: and think uh, winning early.
3: <laughs> ongoing will this be tyson fury's last fight uh yes not very strong so uh 64 for no uh, most people thinking that I think kind of you guys, what you guys are thinking, he's going to find a way to get more fights and make more money outside of the, the confines of uh, the standard boxing structure.
2: Wait, you don't. if Blankow wins, you don't think it won't, it won't be early? You think she can draw out a decision victory over Cyborg? Oh,
3: yeah, for
5: sure. Well, She's going to just outpoint Chris Cyborg. Well,
2: you said if Blankow wins. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to oh, win early. Oh, it, it was a joke. Casey okay.
5: was <laughs> making oh. a joke.
2: I didn't hear anyone laughing, so I wasn't
5: sure. You know? A lot of my jokes are that way, Casey. Okay. I laugh, and
2: that's what matters <laughs> that's to me.
0: All
2: <laughs> right. What do we got here? Oops. Too small. Let's take a oh, few. No. Do, do, do.
4: Uh, We did, did David, oh, talk about yeah. this. It's one of our highly anticipated yeah. matchups. The huge return of Mike Jackson this week. I'm pretty sure Dana said he's never fighting in the UFC again after he whooped CM Punk. I mean – Welcome back, Mike Jackson. Mm-hmm. My big question no is: No contest. Will Mike, Jack- will Mike Jackson fight and then ask questions in the back, like he did the last time he fought, <laughs> or two t- after it's two good. times
6: ago? Two times. He's the first
4: fight of the night. First fight of the night. Mickey Gall. Time. After, after the Mickey Gall fight, he was asking. Que- I think he asked questions to Mickey Gall.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he did. <That> memory serves <laughs> it correctly. Yeah. So, it, so we'll what- I
5: love <laughs> that both of those men are still in the organization and CM Punk yeah. is not anywhere close to it.
3: CM Punk's doing. really doing. Real he's doing shit. better. He just, he yeah, just had he's a corker over match with. Uh, he had a corker over match with uh, Dustin Rhodes on AEW this week. So people check that one out. Great, great match.
2: And Mike Jackson. I'm. I guess he would be the first UFC fighter ever to fight twice in the UFC and have no victories. Well, this will be three
3: times. So, I oh, his third time.
2: He fought. Uh, uh, he lost to yeah, Mickey and Gall. And oh, yeah.
3: CM Punk was overturned. Okay, so, he's so all, yeah, oh, yeah. so and third, one, sorry, no I forgot promise. his
2: third fight yeah. in the UFC with zero
3: victories. Go, go, go Mike Jackson. Uh, Seth Petrozelli would be in there. Um, no, no, no. no. Petroselli has victories. Not in the no. Oh no, not not in the UFC. Does yeah, Mike Jackson just, have no victories? No, period? no victories oh, at all. Oh, yeah. in MMA. Oh, okay, MMA. Oh.
2: The golf
4: fight. The golf fight was his pro. It was right. his MMA pro debut. Right, 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 right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, just want to say, uh. A little love for Jed. We're a, I, there's a lot of Jed love on, in the comments. So mm. Okay. Something's going I love you on. too, people. Oh. Yeah. I don't have any idea. Love you all. <laughs> um, did we
5: even talk about this fight? No, nope, sure didn't. We That's, disrespected the hell out of Liz conversation. Just, we, had, we didn't talk well, about listen, the I mean, l- it
4: Listen, was, did, did Bellator 278 make the marquee of the preview show? No, because by the time a lot of people listen to this, the, either the fight card will be going on or it will be over. Some people might be listening tomorrow for the first time. So we just want to make sure. Yeah, people listening right but yeah, now. But so we can talk briefly okay. about it. it okay. okay. AK, will Liz Carmouche, end the night Bellator champion?
3: Well, listen, for those of you listening a day after, man, I can't <laughs> believe it. Carmouche has finally won a, a, a world title. There it is. I mean, we. I think a lot of us thought she was the uncrowned champion when she went over to uh, Bellator. People could, if people could see our internal – I didn't even see our internal rankings. I believe in our overall rankings – uh, consensus i think we have her ahead of uh ahead of uh juliana vlasquez and and, and why shouldn't she be why shouldn't she be she's yeah. <laughs> she's beaten a lot of great flyweights uh juliana vlasquez respectfully very good champion in Tour, but i don't know if she's shown anything to me that she's like been so impressive that she is that she just you know necessarily takes Liz Kamaruch's spot spots because Liz Carmouche is not wearing a title around her waist um so yeah i have her ahead of uh, juliana vlasquez i know a lot of people do and i think she just makes it a formality um uh, uh, Julian Velasquez's last fight with um, Denise Kielholtz, probably just a bad style matchup. Like I don't want to say that I like, exposed or anything. I think Denise Kielholz is a really good fighter, and it was a stand up fight, and that's that's how it had to go. Um, so maybe it's a credit to Velasquez that she got that decision, um, though there were a lot of some shaky moments. So maybe she come, she's better for it. But, but I just think Karmouche, um, like I said, has been one of the toughest outs at 125 and 135 before that. Has twice fought for UFC titles against Valentina Shevchenko, Ronda Rousey. Um, and I think that I wouldn't put Julian Velasquez on that level. So I think Liz Carmouche finally gets it done and gets gold around her waist. Or should I say, excuse me, already has it around her waist for those of you listening on a Saturday.
2: Has Liz fought? Does she yeah. ever fight Jessica Andrade? Is that a fight that ever
5: happened?
6: No. No.
2: No. no. Okay. no. no. Oh,
6: yeah. Yeah. They, listen, did. that was like, I think that was Jessica Andrade's like first fight in the UFC. Oh, I see oh, it now. I up. see it now.
5: It had. Oh, it was one. Right oh, Liz right one. Karmouche fight, so that oh, was 135. Yeah. That would have been okay. one thirty five. That was
6: free pre- <laughs> yep. There you go. Yeah, hey, I, that's a good win. I, that's a good win. I, I think that was the first fight between two openly gay fighters in USC history.
0: Oh, I, oh I, Ooh, I'm pretty sure. I, I freaking you're
2: right. covered that fight. I was there. You're right. I was. I actually was remember Seattle, right? both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, yeah. So just want to give Liz Karmouche a little love. Um, obviously yeah. Shevchenko is Shevchenko, but I believe Liz Karmouche is the second best. Flyweight in the world, and uh, I think she's gonna, um, I think she's gonna win big in a few hours. You mean she's, a, or she's already proven see. it? Or so for those listening ready. now. Yeah. 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 All right.
4: We uh, shall see. We shall see. Uh, Nick M, can Cyborg retain her throne as women's regain. best regain? Oh, nope. regain. Excuse me. Regain. I, okay.
2: No All right, that's a no. I think. I think. Is there anything mm, she can do
3: bad. without ever rematching Manda Nunes?
6: No. Not in the eyes of fans.
3: I think smoking Kayla Harrison in like 20 seconds would make people think about it.
5: She blows yeah. the doors off Kayla Harrison and Shevchenko loses, then okay. But Shevchenko ain't losing, so no. Yeah. Other, this is yeah. True. other stuff probably Shevchenko has to happen. Shevchenko, yeah. yeah Shevchenko. Right. Shevchenko has family. to lose for her to get that and title if, if, Amanda,
6: if Amanda goes out there and just destroys Juliana in the rematch, then you know I'm sure she would – probably claim the one or two spot in the eyes of fans as well
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i think it's shevchenko yeah until shevchenko loses i, think, I agree with you guys yep. agree um so forever she will have or if like
6: for all we know like if we're being honest like rose is probably fighting the higher competition in terms of like skill set oh, compared yeah. to rose versus her opponent if rose just goes on a tear and like gets like five title defenses like how can you not put her up there because five-title defenses at weight is a lot harder than five-title defenses at any other white class in, in women, women's weight class.
4: Good point. Yeah, if she goes out, if she beats Carla and then beats Andrage and then beats Joanna, That's a, yeah. that's, that's a lot of like – that's, that's a long –
6: She's already beat Joanna twice. I don't think that fight's going to happen again anytime soon. Yeah.
2: Nah, should, yeah, she's got to get by Carla first. Um, let's talk about this gentleman. Joseph Hell Boza, yeah.
4: what are your thoughts on the 10-day span that Chase Sherman had? April 12th, finds out the UFC cut him again, ending his second stint. Then a week later, he's brought back again to fight this week. And from my understanding understand, he's making uh, a few more bucks, doubled his pay from his most recent run in the UFC, and now he's back, and his his gift, his prize, is taking on a now slender, more ripped-up, Alexander Romanov. Like, have you seen uh, the the side by side from the last two fights? Romanov looking shredded right now. He's
2: got like a little big, like a little big four, four, and pack and going on. pack yeah, four and a half pack. Yeah, four and a half pack. it.
4: Yes, Romanov looking good. One of the uh, the up and coming heavyweights, a guy a lot of people are very high on, and it, he gets to fight on Saturday. He gets to do so against Chase Sherman. So. Jed, your thoughts on Chase Sherman's once-again return to the Ultimate Fighting Championship in this matchup against Alexander Romanoff?
5: Proves a couple things. One, the best ability is availability, man. Chase Sherman just said yes, and that's why he has a job right now. And look, he's probably going to lose. But also, he might not. Like, (laughs) I... I think I'm maybe the highest on Romanov out of, out of the people here. I certainly am ranked the highest, I'm pretty sure. But, like, for the many flaws that Chase Sherman has in this game, he's pretty good at not being taken down. Like, he doesn't give up a lot of takedowns historically. And he can maybe just do that thing where he throws a lot and somehow can't really knock people out at heavyweight, which is a it's a big problem if you're a heavyweight striker and you're – not like a big hitter that's trouble but like if he can just stay on his feet and he's coming in on short notice Romanov not going to have enough time to game plan for him he's this is the textbook definition of having nothing to lose is nothing to lose here and as we all know from watching the replacements and that uh, inspiring speech from Gene Ackman <laughs> that makes you all very dangerous people and I I'm just saying Chase Sherman he might not lose this and boy would that be something.
2: Wow. Jed you, Jed you are correct. You definitely have Romanov ranked the highest. Um, I'm also on the Romanov train, but unfortunately he just hasn't had the right competition across the cage for me to justify it, but I know we you you're just like, yeah, eff it. I
5: yeah, like we it. we do our things differently.
2: Yeah, we do our things differently. But but you know, I I I'm just waiting for Romanoff. to – he just needs a better competition. Is, and compared-
5: Is beating Chase Sherman going to be that better competition for know, you,
2: Casey? Yeah, no,
4: no, because Chase Sherman is going to lose. Yeah, Tanner Boser would have been a, kind of an interesting one. But listen, I, I honestly think that if the Juan Espino fight actually went the distance and didn't end in the weird way that it ended, I think people would look at Romanoff a little bit higher than they did. But people haven't forgotten about that and they thought it was a little weird, that whole Espino situation and the tech decision and stuff
5: also just just because it should be noted Bravo to this because it's the vanilla gorilla versus King Kong and that's that's a plus work Sean Shelby like that <laughs> is a plus stuff in my book
3: this uh this doesn't go past the two minute mark and uh I hope Sherman wow. though, he doesn't go no and then I hope it, I hope that's that Sherman great. and ends up on a Sam a Sam Alvey like uh run on the next <laughs> the next two I'll be six some else a heavyweight, she's a heavyweight Sam Alvey. There's like two more fights. Just so we like we literally like, man, like six straight losses, but he's hanging in there. He's getting paychecks. Maybe there's a fight in the night in there, uh, fight of the night in there somewhere. <clears> I know it's been a while since he got one. Um that would just be great. That would just be great. I think Chase Sherman is, is beyond wins and losses at this one. He's he's winning him coming back and pulling off the speakers of events that Joe Supposed to describe he's a winner no matter what. He's a winner.
4: He's a winner. He is. All right. Okay, so oh. according to this, the closest over-under line on this fight is one and a half rounds, minus 270. Uh, it does not go over. It, it goes under one and a half rounds, plus 205, over one and a half rounds. Fight goes to a decision. Oh, minus 650, it does not. Plus 425, it does. So there you go. Some interesting lines. Chase Sherman wins by KO, plus... 1400 chase sherman winning by decision uh where is that by decision. Jed, i saw your i saw your eyes left yeah, a little bit when you heard that. plus, plus 1800 Chase sherman by decision plus 1800 <laughs> i saw i, I saw jen react
5: have recommended parlaying chase sherman and uh mike jackson together in the long shot of the week this week so you know that's uh, where i'm at this weekend
2: <laughs> real quick talk about the the odds for mike jackson yeah
3: Joseph Bosa, we, we did talk about this. About it. Oh yeah, I know. Just, I'm, talked, just, I'm yeah. just
2: bringing. I wasn't gonna bring that up, but we're talking about odds. Yeah, so we're
3: telling Joseph, We're just telling Joseph Bosa. Yeah, though maybe this was asked. Yeah, but maybe we started. asked before. it.
2: Last comment before we head out. I actually think.
4: Uh, oh. I think I actually think Dean Barry might have more pressure on him this weekend than like anybody else to deliver with these odds. <laughs> like he's brought in to have a showcase performance, and if he goes out and loses to Mike Jackson, my word. Like and you're it's gonna, gonna see an right. article that Damon yeah. or our own our own Damon Martin wrote. Uh, I think it's gonna drop sometime tomorrow. Yeah. Pressure's on. On Dean Barry. And happy birthday, AK. You never like
3: his tweet uh, replies. This comment. Happy our pal David AK. Uh yeah, take that take that. Uh first of all, one, it's not my birthday. Uh two, David, take that as a message. Um that's wow. all I'm gonna say. Uh wow. <laughs> that is <laughs> Okay, or maybe you know what? Ah, I think the message is I, 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 wow. I think the message has already been received, so I don't think anything more needs to be said. <laughs> Hit the music. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
4: Prince of Positivity with the flamethrower. And okay. this uh, multifaceted live preview show here on mbfighting.com dot com. I mean, believe all you want, AK, but uh, there will be no basketball in about a week in Toronto. we'll just put it that way. So. All right, but there will be MMA and there will be boxing tomorrow and there'll be some MMA tonight. So enjoy all the festivities. We'll be back tomorrow. to we'll get you caught up on everything to preview all that stuff. For Jose, for Jed, for AK, for E. Casey Lydon on the ones and twos, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Love you guys.
2: We the North. We the North. That's our motto.
4: Happy birthday, AK